podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov slash EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov slash EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 podcast. I am your host, Gav, and with me this week, I have... Who have I got? I have... Aha, Grizz. He's back from his pilgrimage. And I have Chris, um, our production executive. Um, Liverpool have dug out another win this weekend. Three points in the bag. The rest of the league is up in in arms over it because we're not playing well and we're winning. But look, that's just how things go. But Grizz, I'm going to come to you first and... I don't think I've watched the game back now after watching it on you know yesterday afternoon, and I can tell you we weren't very good, Chris. In my opinion, what do you reckon? Uh, I thought the same. I thought the same initially, but then, uh, as you know, uh, when I go into my deep analysis, I watch it again, and that's and that's when it really counts. The second time you watch it without emotion, and you know you really concentrate. And um, I think I think it's unfair to say we weren't very good. When I watched it again, I thought we're good for that first 45, 60 minutes. Even 65 minutes, we were good. Um, I did say Brighton um, aren't as bad as they've been in recent times, especially the trips to Anfield where we've just walked through them easy peasy. Uh, they've got a good coach. This this guy's a good coach, very highly rated. Um but I thought, without being brilliant, Gav, and our usual, you know, dynamic best, I thought we were good. I think I think we were a bit overcritical, me included. Uh, initially, when I saw it, I thought, this is crap. But I think the last 15 minutes kind of swayed my opinion on the game. Uh, when I looked up, when I looked back and watched it again, I thought we were we were we were good without being brilliant. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't think we were that bad. A couple of players out of form, uh, Salah and Bobby, namely, uh, doesn't help. But um, I thought the rest of the lads were decent. Our fullbacks are flying. Um, yeah, looking back, I don't think it was as bad as people are saying. Oh, okay, Chris. Does um, it worry? Does it worry you at all? And no. I know this is a stupid question, so I'm gonna, but I'm gonna ask anyway. Does it worry you at all in any way that Liverpool don't seem to be at their best, but they're winning? And I know that's always like, you know, it's always it's a great sign, it's a great sign. But when the sign is there a couple of games in a row, do you do you start to worry at all, or are you just absolutely fine with this? I'm fine with it, to be honest. Um, I'm a bit like Grizz. I thought first half was fine, not not spectacular, but if you watch the game as a whole, man, the match is uh, Matt Ryan. If it's not for Matt Ryan, he makes two really good saves against Firmino. Yeah. He makes a worldie against Chamberlain in the second half. If it's not for Matt Ryan, we are four up. We are four up in second half. Like right. Yeah, Chris is right. Without, I mean, there's not much on the highlights. We didn't see much of that. Not much made of it. But we did. We had about three, two, three very good chances, and very easily we could have been three, four up at 60 minutes. So you know, it's a fine line. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Napoli game was worse. But even in the Napoli game, we were pretty dominant. You know, um, the, the only thing that let us down was I thought second half we started too slow, didn't really get going. I think it was Liverpool trying to possibly conserve energy a little bit because we're two 0 up, it's pretty comfortable. Uh, and until the, the keeper starts to be a dickhead and 
run out as far as he did and stick his hand out, um, it probably would have finished a comfortable 2-0. It, we just, that was us putting ourselves under unnecessary pressure. Now I know Allison's an aggressive keeper and he's a very good keeper. Uh, but to me, he's, he's come out too quick. He doesn't need to do that. And he's just had a brain fart and panicked. And that, that is what made it worse than what it was. What I thought Liverpool were brilliant at is after we scored the, after they scored the goal to make it 2-1, I don't think they really have a chance after that. They have a half chance, which Adrian Blessing tried his best to throw it in just to make it interesting. But other than that, it was, you know, I thought Liverpool actually finally got a bit of game management right in the last 15, which was encouraging. You know, they do seem to, when the back's against the wall, turn it on. Um, you would at some point like them to turn up and just start smashing the team 4 or 5 nil, but at this moment in time, we don't need to worry about that. It's just get the job done. Yeah, Grizz, going, going back to the very beginning, we'll get into different incidents, incidents in the game, but the lineup itself, were you happy with it? Um, the lineup itself was our strongest lineup, wasn't it? Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I've had a bit of a busy manic week, but I think it was as strong as it gets, does isn't it? There was no surprises on there like the Napoli, like the Napoli game, the usual midfield, wasn't it? Um, I was slightly surprised that Hendo played again in this game. I thought he may have been rested. Uh, for the derby because, you know, that's, that's going to be like four games in a row for him. Um, he doesn't often play like sort of, you know, like three, four games over a period of like sort of 10 days. Um, the fullback, who, Trent had a rest, so I knew he'd come back in. Yeah, um, maybe a slight case. Some people were making a case for maybe Shaq getting a run out. Um, especially as we, I thought personally, some may disagree. I thought we played a slight difference. There was a slight difference in formation. I thought, I thought, um, Hendo and Ginny played as a, almost as an orthodox two, as opposed to three midfield and Alex, uh, Alex Oxlade just ahead of them. That's, that's the way it looked. I mean, I haven't checked any heat maps out. Uh, just to see where the average position was. The only maps you've been checking out was the ones around Jerusalem, you fucking head case. Go on, Google. But um, but yeah, the the the, the lineup was fine. Um, as I said, just a couple of all it is. I th- we're playing. Look, we're playing good. We're playing good, solid results, achieving football. That's what we're playing at the moment, and we're at that stage of the season where that's all that matters at the moment. Um, and it's simple as that. We have to accept <laughs> that that we're 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 on a title charge, and title charge means just getting three points every game, regardless of. How, who, when, what. Okay. And that's what they're doing. I have two questions here. Um, I'll give the first one to Chris, the second one to Chris. So, Chris, uh, Maverick says, the only worrying thing is pundits saying uh, we've won the Premier League already. It's disrespectful to the league and Liverpool by piling unnecessary pressure. What's your, what's your take on this? Do you, feel the imp- do, do you feel it's unnecessary pressure being piled on Liverpool or is it applying the media to in a, in a hope that something goes wrong? Because I'm steadfast in, in my belief that the majority of this media don't want us to win this title. I think it's a little bit of a ploy in the media because uh, this is not what the media wants. Sky don't want a runaway leader of 11 to uh, 8 points at the moment now. What you know, They don't want that. They want a, a combination of last year where it's like all down to a point. Um, so, and there's that, and there are certain points that we just know who they are. They have a little bit of bitterness towards Liverpool, but I can't imagine Klopp or the players really taking any attention to it, and I, I, I laugh it off, to be honest. It's normally a fear I think it's a fear factor that's come back, which they don't like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just, I do think that I don't think a Liverpool, this Liverpool team are getting enough credit, and maybe it is down to the fact that we're not playing at our best. If we are doing, if we are playing swashbuckling football and winning like this, you know, we might get a bit more credit. But having said that, we've done that in the past, and what's it got us in in league terms? Grizz, the other question that comes from Kevin Sullivan. He says, "I'm getting concerned by how hard we're having to work, considering how many players we're using. The front three are getting a lot more miles in their legs this early in the season." What do you think? Yeah, there is that, and that's and 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 the result on the in the midweek against Napoli sort of, um, you know, adds to that frustration of not getting the job done. So we could have had all front three having a a week a week off uh, when we play Salzburg. Um, it's just the way it is. It's just the way the way he's built this squad. It's just the way he relies on this squad. We do rely on that front three staying fit. For majority of the season, not only fit but on form. Um, usually, 
when one's not on form, the other two are, you know, et cetera, et cetera, or all three on form. Currently, it's a bit, the reason why we're a bit sort of scraping through games is, is our efficiency in front of the goal in front of me, uh, for me. Um, you know, as Chris says, we did have some guilted chances. Um, the reliance on our front three is, is, is there for, for all to see. Um, for some strange reason, again, Divock Origi has been sort of, you know, he started off really okay. I thought, yeah, he's going to be a very able deputy this season. But, you know, last couple of games, he's not been, like, relied upon much either. Um, Mo's struggling. You can clearly see it. Um, he's not 100%. I don't know if it's it, the ankle it, or if it's his confidence levels. So is he struggling or is he, or is he out of, is he yeah. out of rhythm? Because I think it's probably a combination. He's a bit like Michael Owen in that sense. Once he has three weeks off, it takes him a few weeks to get back in. Well, he's that kind of player, isn't he? Very similar to yeah. Michael Owen, where his explosive pace just suddenly, you know. And even though Michael Owen's issues were the hamstrings, um, you know, Mo Salah's hamstrings are fine, but it's the ankle. It's just, I don't know. Maybe it's psychological. The talk is, is that the ankle is being drained of fluid after most games. Yeah. You know, so there you go. It's not ideal, is it? It's not ideal um, scenario, especially, you know, the way, as we've discussed, the way he plays and he just relies on that sort of speed over five, ten yards, which is, you know, you can't match it. You'd start, um, you'd start, you'd start to wonder if it is just, if it genuinely is applied to get us through to this Watford game, get us away to Qatar, try give rests where we can over that week and then come back and see where we are, especially well, with Salah. Because well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen in Qatar is we're going to play a second string. Not a second string, but out of the sort of first team squad, a second string, you'd say, mm-hmm. in the first game. And if we reach the final, he's going to play. So he's going to play one game in that week, right? Which is not too bad. It's just a travelling that's going to be a bit of a an issue, maybe, or whatever. But they're used to it. So the Qatar, the Qatar, the cup, that World Club Cup shouldn't affect it too much. He was never going to play in the Little, uh, Little Woods. I still call it Little Woods Cup. Uh, the League Cup. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just a case of managing. I know you think, um, Gav, I know you think we're kind of reserving energy and we're playing kind of within ourselves. I get that feeling, yeah. I think, I think there's a, just watching the game, you know, and like yesterday, like a lot of people there on, on the comments are saying we were in control. It could have been four or five before the red card and it made it a bit shaky. Mm. And that's a fair point. But I just don't think the intensity is there at the minute. I think it's, it, it's being done probably 5% slower. That are ten percent slower than we usually do. I think the the, the quickness and when what we're, the way we usually do things just isn't there. And I don't think it's a. I genuinely don't think it's a fitness thing. I think it's it is a management thing. I think they're they're basically saying to themselves, look, we can get through this game at seventy seventy five percent. And if if so, great. If we have to go that bit further, fine. Like City and stuff like that. But I yeah, agree I, with I, you. I, I feel I feel they are trying to. I genuinely feel like they're trying to get to this waffle game. Managing in it, man, managing it, getting it through results wise and then taking stock from there. I genuinely believe that. I kind of agree with you, but what the, the thing, the thing that sort of keeps me going and, and the thing that sort of, uh, keeps me thinking that we're, we're really, we're really fine, we're really healthy, really good is the way we change it up when we do seem to be in trouble. Do you know what I mean? So for example, let's say we're winning 2-0. Or we're drawing one one, or a team equalises, and then or scores another one that may get them back into it. We step up a level, you know. Every game we seem to sort of there is a phase, or there is a, 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 a yeah phase in the game where we, we 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 go up gears, which shows me we have those gears, you know, available. And and you know, as as much as everyone would like to see easy three four nil, you know, this was, you know, Allison's he makes one or two errors like that a season, you know, it was a Total rush of blood. Um, I think he's more. I think he was preoccupied with this that Connolly kid who's been sort of was trying to break the lines throughout the game. But I, you know, the, I don't. Even though it, was, it wasn't him this time that got the handball. But uh, you know, Allison does that. So I think without that rush of the blood, we win that game comfortably two three nil. You know, and we wouldn't be having this conversation maybe. Yeah, I know. It's look, uh, we could be just wrong. We could be just in a, a slight dip in form, but we're still managing to get through games. Just getting back to it, though, Chris. Something Chris touched on there, and it's you know the the front three. You know, I think somebody there says Fabinho or Firmino looks wrecked. He hasn't had a rest in about eighteen months. Salah obviously has the ankle injury. 
Mane has been fantastic this season, but does look a bit tired for me. Um, Mane is... He looks like he might need a rest here or there. Or just maybe a goal just to get him going again. Maybe the Derby's the one to do it. But Chris, how good is it to see, you know, if our midfielders aren't pitching in and the strikers aren't quite on form, how good is it to see one of our defenders come up and smack two headers in, in the net and go, listen, as I have it this week. Because it's you, which I think you should be getting 10 goals a season. Yeah, yeah. You may have talked about this before um, on WhatsApp saying, Van Dyke for me, that's his biggest underperforming areas for such a big man at corners and so dominant in the air, I don't think he scores enough. That's his third goal of the season. I think Lovren's similar. I don't think, I think he should get more than what he does. Um, but, you know, the, the interesting thing is everyone keeps telling me that uh, if the front three don't fire, Liverpool don't fire. But looking at this year, you know, Van Dijk's got goals, Lovren's got equalisers, both full-backs have scored. And even the, uh, the, fr- the midfield three that everyone's for some reason, has a bit of a dislike of, of Fabinho, Genie and Henderson have all got crucial goals this year. They've all, I think this is possibly why we're a little bit open sometimes at the back is we are definitely deciding that draws ain't going to do it anymore. We, we saw last year, you think seven draws would be enough and it wasn't. So we're definitely now making sure everyone's chipping in. Uh, I could possibly see after the derby, maybe a slight formation switch where we did do this at a uh, similar time last year where we did rest one of the front three. Like you'd have a, a Firmino or a Salah on the bench, but we go to like four-two-three-one. So Shakiri or Kate get a run out. Mm. So that may be one way he starts to do it. But I think he wants to get the derby out of the way with with his as strong a side as possible. Yeah, he absolutely will. There's no way he's going into the derby and messing around. Although he did do it one season, didn't he? And we drew one all, and he, he named a very strange side. Um, I think I might have been the one where Mane should have passed and didn't, and it all went badly wrong from there. Uh, Chemical Kev says, is Grizz lying down? He looks like someone should be feeding him grapes. No, I think he's just sitting up. It's just the angle he's at. Megan McCallion says... Well, someone should definitely be feeding me grapes. I agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> <laughs> Megan McCallion says, evening lads, play strong 11 for the derby, then make changes for Saturday's game. E.g. Shakiri Milner. And Origi coming in. Traz says when, when Alisson made that mistake last season, he was brilliant afterwards. Finger crossed, uh, this focuses his mind again. And I don't think he's been at his best in the past few weeks. I agree with that. Stephen Mack says at this stage, we have to lose four games for City to catch us. Now tell me who the four teams are who's going to beat us. That's an interesting point that you've mentioned City there. And I will come back to it in a couple of minutes. We need to lose, we need to lose three for Leicester to catch us. Well, there that's you more, go. That's more, that's, the, that's, that's more of a worry. That's the biggest, um, that's the bigger issue at the minute from me. Grizz. The red card, it is a red card. I'm forced to be on. I thought, is he a bit unlucky? He just comes out and it hits him, but he leaves his hand up there. So it is a red card. But I want to get down to this referee, and I tried to refrain from it last night on the show with me and Barry. But there's so much being pointed out about this free kick today, Grizz, that it's it's farcical. It's absolutely farcical. So just in case you, you've been really busy today, I'll, I'll remind you. Um, the rule is if you set up a wall of three men or more, uh, an attacking player is not allowed to be within one metre of that wall. Okay? If you watch it back, they have three that I can count off. Probably four uh, on, on the other side of the wall. That's the fourth thing. The second thing is I watched the back a couple of times. And people... I made the argument yesterday that, you know, Adrian's a bit slow. He shouldn't be taking that long. You know, he gets punished. Having said that, when I watched the back... Grizz, the ball's on the ground. Dunk says something to Atkinson. Atkinson literally looks to see where the goalkeeper is and blows his whistle. Um, it's it's a farce. I, I, you didn't need to tell me the rules. Okay. Uh, laws. No, I mean, let me finish. Stop that getting surprises offended. me. Stop getting offended. Stop shouting. <laughs> so, so, but, but <laughs> um, you you didn't need to tell me the laws, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. I couldn't give a shit. Even if the laws were in his favour, this referee's a cunt. Mm. This referee is genuinely, genuinely, genuinely biased when it comes to Liverpool. There's so many good people that have got time on their hands on Twitter that sort of go through all the games and incidents that he's been in. And they're atrocious. They are so blatant. It's obviously, it's not a conspiracy. He's got a thing for Klopp. He actually hates Klopp. He's had run-ins with Klopp. He's had run-ins with... Liverpool ever since Steven Gerrard I think something Steven Gerrard said something about it when he sent him off in the in the game against Man United after 30 seconds of coming on or something um, and Steven Gerrard said something in his autobiography about him um, how Liverpool Klopp the owners except whoever whoever needs to make a complaint to the Premier League 
referees, etc. So just make a noise about it. It may not work. We may not get what we wish for, which is we don't want Atkinson involved in any Liverpool game. We may not get that, but it will be out in the public eye. It will be in his head and he won't make blatant, blatant fuckery decisions like that against us. Sorry, not decision. Maybe, maybe not that decision per se, but sort of generally how he officiates in our games. I agree with you. That was so cheeky of him. I don't think, you know, I think if it worked, you know, if we, like, for example, we, you know, the Origi quick corner, et cetera, et cetera, people could say, look, when it works for you, no, it's lovely. No, 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 no. But this is legally wrong. Yeah, no, I'm going to come to it. Yeah. That, this is legally incorrect. Yeah, but you should be. Yeah. You shouldn't even give him that airtime. The, the, the corner and, and a free kick are completely and utterly different things. All you have to do from a corner is place the ball in the quadrant, and, and you can do whatever you fucking yeah. want for it. The, the, right. free, the free kick and people last night were saying, "Stand over it." Once you stand over it, all the ref has to do, and people are saying, "Oh, he, he booked them." If you stand over it, it means that the referee cannot allow a, a quick free kick, so you have to play on the whistle. The big issue there, Grizz, is that he looks at the goalkeeper and blows the fucking whistle. He sees he the goalkeeper. Absolutely, is. and he knows. He knows that he's just sent off our goalkeeper. Mm. So a new goalkeeper is coming on the pitch. Give him a fucking couple of minutes to get the wall sorted and make sure he's ready. It's the decent, it's the morally correct thing to do, apart from the legally correct thing to do. This guy has no morals. He's not decent. He's an awful referee. And since I've been highlighting, because I do this tweet where I've got, where I say, you know, just a reminder, mine Atkinson is a, is a cunt. And I do that, and I do that every time he officiates. It's not even only in Liverpool games where I retweet that. Mm. Even in the games he officiates in other games, he's making regular, regular major errors. And how he's not being taken to task is unbelievable. We definitely should make a note of it. I'll tell you what, and a couple of people have said this, and I totally agree. He would never have officiated an Alex Ferguson game again if, if he, if he had refed like he has in our games. Never. Alex Ferguson, even Arsene Wenger would have made an absolute issue of it. Or Ferguson would have just banned them from Old Trafford. Well, well, there you go. And, and, and Mourinho, all the top coaches, you know, just like their teams, right, I've always had a bit of snide in them. Jurgen Klopp is yet to show me that snide. I need to, sh- I need to see that snide in the media from Jurgen Klopp. Mm. He's still, he's still, he's, he's, he's become, he's become not as friendly and happy-go-lucky as he was, but he's still not as nasty and snide in the press. And I haven't got an issue with it if he is. I know everyone says, no, but we don't need to stoop to those levels, etc. I disagree. I, I, I couldn't give a shit about his sort of media friendliness, I think he needs to really, really, in the next press conference or whatever, 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 he needs to make a point of Martin Atkinson not ever being involved in any of our games. And, oh, funny enough, I think I read somewhere Martin He's Atkinson the is the VAR for Everton. Abs- they're taking a piss out of our lives and we're not doing anything about it. All this bullshit about the media's, uh, uh, sorry, the, the, the referees are with us, it's absolute bollocks. It's actually... They're trying their hardest and best for us to fuck up. Yeah. Look, it's... Uh, playing devil's advocate, right, Chris? If Liverpool... He's just shit ref. No, 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 no. Just... Uh, listen, I, I take all that on board, but what I'm going I'm to play devil's advocate for a minute, right? So, people have said here, you know, uh, why don't why don't we, the club make a complaint? Traz asks, why don't the club make a complaint against Atkinson? City complained about Oliver, didn't they? You know, stuff like that. So, playing devil's it's advocate here for a minute... If Liverpool went and made a complaint against Atkinson or Klopp does as Grizz says and comes out in his next press conference and says, well, this is what happened. Here's the facts. They were in the wall. They shouldn't have been near the wall. The ball went through that gap. The referee blows a whistle after looking at the ref, where their goalkeeper is. But does all that. I can 100% guarantee you, Chris, and you may, may agree or not agree. I can 100% tell you that the media will spin that to Klopp's head is going. The, the, the lead that Klopp has has gone to his head. You know, the pressure is starting to show, all this sort of stuff, rather than Klopp is dead right to come out and just point out what's wrong. You're right, because, well, City could play about Oliver, and what did all the media say? It was it was just City being bitter because they lost. It was, Pep doesn't like him when he gets his own way. You know, he, he's being really petulant. You know, we all know that. What, well, for, what Alex, what Alex Ferguson would have done, um, probably what I think Klopp probably should or will do, is... Say nothing about Atkinson until the running, 
when you've got him in a big game, and, the, and he, Klopp does what he always does, which is he goes ultra-polite and goes, oh, he's a brilliant referee. I know he made a mistake in the last game, but hey, every human makes a mistake. I'm sure he won't make that sort of mistake in a big game for us again. It's just one of those things. That's what he'll do, which is the same thing Fergus. Fergus is more aggressive about it. But it's, mm. you, pick, you pick your game. So wait till March when we've got, when we're playing City or playing Arsenal and he's the and he's the ref. Then just throw it in there that, oh, he's a really good ref. You know, yes, he's made mistakes in the past, but you know, hey, they all do it. That then puts subconscious that we all know you cocked up last week. And I think that's what he'll do. If you do it now, it's too early. It looks like you're trying to build a siege mentality or a helping hand too early in the season. Just, just, a, just a quick one on Gav's point about um, um, if we do it now, if he does it now, everyone will be on his case about, oh, Klopp's losing, etc., etc. I disagree. I think now's the time because we're not losing it. The incre- if anything, the lead's increasing. So we're doing it from a high position. We're doing a strength from strength, a position of strength. We're not losing nothing. We're not losing ground. We're not losing. We're still mentality fucking giants. He can say it now. Love your propane grill? Well, life just got a little easier with Propane Taxi. Stop lugging that tank. Propane Taxi is a propane grill tank home delivery service that's ridiculously easy and convenient. Just go online, choose a delivery date, and Propane Taxi delivers grill tanks straight to your door. You can exchange any brand of tank. And right now, new customers get their first tank exchange for $10 with promo code TANK10. That's $10 for your first tank exchange with promo code TANK10. Visit Propane Taxi. No contact, no commitment, no problem. And no one can say it's sour grapes. Do you get what I mean, Gav? Yeah. We can say it now. It doesn't look. It doesn't come across sour grapes. Chris, if we do it in if we do it in January, March, and the leads down to four points, seven, six points, whatever, you know, it will give it a different complexion. That's when the pressure will. He'll be bringing pressure upon himself as well. I like the idea of being coy about it and clever about it. But he can do that now as well, I think. You need to start doing it now. Because I genuinely don't think this Twatkinson gives a shit about Klopp coming out and saying, oh, he's just a mistake. He will still be a cunt to us. He's being honest to God, guys. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I've I've, I've really tried to watch, tried to be biased and tried to be neutral when he refs us and say maybe he's making these odd mistakes and maybe maybe he's like that. But he genuinely fucking makes... Bad, bad mistakes against us every single game, whether it's, you know, VAR or whether it's actual referee or even third, uh, third, third referee, third, whatever it's called, assistant. Fourth official. Same thing. Um, yeah, same. Third, third thing and fourth official are the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, said it doesn't matter what you raise about refs, they rule the roost and you can't beat them. Um, so they don't, and don't even have to explain themselves. But look, for me, just watching the back, I just thought it was ridiculous. But Grizz, Having having said, you know, we didn't really play well. I, did, I don't think we played well. I, overall, I give us six out of ten. We get two goals from set pieces. It's a couple of decent moves in the fourth half. But the biggest thing that impressed me, Grizz, was when we went down to ten, we we adjust. All right, the goal goes in, and, and there's a bit of controversy over it. But I thought we were brilliant for that last ten, eleven, twelve. Well, probably fifteen minutes. It probably ended up being. I thought mm. we were excellent, Grizz, and the way we shut it out and the way we went and took our two point, our three points, is just another way of showing. The, the large array of ways that we can win games. But this is my point I made about 15 minutes ago in terms of wasn't we it raise it. Well, I know you wasn't. That's why I'm going to repeat it for your, just for your ears only. This is what I mean about we do raise it when we have to. We have got gears that we shift into when it's required, and that's a very good sign. I Six out of ten, yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that maybe a 6.5 but this is what i mean the first 60 minutes and the last 10 15 minutes we were we were good it was just that patch leading up to the 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 sending off where we were just a bit casual and a bit poor but overall i wouldn't say i wouldn't say we were bad i'm not gonna have that after watching it again it was just uh, a freak of a mistake and a, a brain, a total brain fart by Allison, which made it look the game was uncomfortable and it didn't need to be that way. And I don't think overall it was that comfortable. I don't think they had many chances when we went down to 10 men. A couple of shots. And as you said, uh, Adrian tried to sort of, um, throw one in the net. But apart from that, I don't think, you know, they had many clear cut chances after that or before that, apart from the Lewis Dunk one in the first half. So I think it was fairly comfortable overall, Gav. Okay. 
Chris, I know it, I know it, uh, it impressed you the last 15 minutes or so, the way we dug in, kept our shape, defended well. And even though the, the red card was, it was justified, the way they get back in the game probably wasn't. But it did really impress you, didn't it? It did, mate. Yeah, because we said, apart from Adrian trying to spill one in the net, um, I think he had, what, one catch and that was about it, really. You know, the only, the only thing we, you know, we, we kept the ball well. I mean, look, I know... We, well, someone said he made about four or five saves, but I think they were very routine, routine basic, just, yeah. Yeah, Kevin Sullivan you know, says he, make, he makes five, but the, and they were all handy. They were all handy, you know. They were just like, you know, heading it back to him or it was like, they like pass back to him. I mean, look, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea and it felt like a weird somebody came on, but that's kind of what is very good for is, I know we accuse him of it a lot, but he chews the ball. And in that sort of situation, it's what you need. He's someone who just stands there, does about 18 cross turns, chews the ball, and lays it off to someone. It's not ideal. What's that term? For that. Choose the ball. Choose the ball. Keeps hold of the ball too much. Choose. Choose, as in like we eat your food. Choose. Like you yeah, were no, that's a, why, like you that's were why a kebab. Uh, that's, why uh, that's why my ears pricked up. Yeah. Oh, right, a lot okay. of chewing. So, uh, yeah, because that's what I thought he did well. Um, if I'm being critical, I probably thought Reed could have held up a little bit better, but he's always a, he's always a handful. You know, um, and he he was fine for us, but that's what I thought Liverpool did quite did quite well. In in an ideal world, if I, if Adrian uh, Allison doesn't have his brain fart and gets sent off, maybe for the last ten fifteen minutes we can give a Kata or a Shakiri a run out in a comfortable two three nil. That's probably the frustration I had more than anything else. It was just un, unnecessary pressure, and his his teammates took him out of it. And to be honest. Alisson now is going to be praying that Liverpool do the job against Everton because it'll be on him a little bit. It's like we've disrupted the club, you've disrupted the team here, and we already disrupted because Fabino's out. So, you know, hopefully this is a little bit of a kick up the arse he needs. You know, I don't want to get on the back guys back too much, but for me it was woefully stupid. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you for a man of the match now in a second, so have a little think on that. We do have a competition on tonight's show from Footy Globe. Uh, a t-shirt of your choice is to win. You don't have to answer any questions. You don't have to do anything like that to win. We're not going to go that far. We have about 15 minutes left or so, so all I want is a random question. The best random question between now and, say, 10 minutes' time wins a t-shirt. And all you need to do is give me the best random question you have. Remember, Grizz and Chris are here, so tailor it to them if you need be. And also... You will need to just message us on YouTube afterwards, um, just so I can get your name, address, all that sort of stuff, size, etc. But man of the match, Grizz, I'll come to you first because I think it was a difficult game to pick. Well, not really, <coughs> but come on. Uh, man of the match. Mm. Go on, Chris. Oh no, I asked you. Well, that's me, Van Dyke. He's scored two. I think it has to be Van Dyke. He scored two, and he, he was imperious. Uh, but I'd give a special shout out to Lovren, who actually I thought had a very good game. <laughs> Both centre backs did really well. Um, I don't think it was, I think everybody else was just okay. I think they're the only thing that did well. I thought. Okay, uh, Grizz, I'd like to point out you're home about five days. Um, so giving you time to answer a question. Can you not hear my cough? I'm still recovering. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You got, uh, got the gang flu. Got the gang flu. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the one. The Israeli flu. Um, I, 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 it's uh, it's brilliant that Chris went first because yeah, I agree with him. I can copy his defense. But Van Dyke scoring two goals. Van Dyke scoring two goals. You can't really look past him. Mm-hmm. I, I do no. think. Uh, I think Trent had a good game. You know, he needed a good game after the Palace. I thought he was really bad against Palace. Um, but I thought he was back to his part of Imperious best in terms of two assists as well. Uh, and Robbo again, you know, he did, he did, he did, uh, uh, do well again. And everyone else, average. And with, um, with Mo and Bobby, poor. I thought Mane struggled, but he kept trying. Um, uh, but yeah, I think Van Dyke is probably, Probably the easiest yeah. choice to make, yeah. I, I, like Chris mentions Lovren there, and that long ball again over the top just leaves Lovren all at sea, and it's, it does me well, head in, you know. Well, to play, to play devil's advocate, Lovren is covering Van Dyke because uh, it's going over Van Dyke's head. Uh, I, Lovren, Lovren's going to the left back where, where Van Dyke should be. I know, uh, but the ball, the ball travelling that, that far, I'm sorry. But if Alison said, if Alisson stays in the edge of his area, which is what he should have done, uh, that bounces in front of him and he probably collects it quite comfortably. Mm. Uh, he, yeah. calls, he, call, he calls Lover, he, he basically caused his own issue. 
Yeah, so, I don't know. I just I don't like a ball traveling that far and a defender being that that much under it. I just it doesn't sit easy. But I gotta give. I got. I got. I'd agree with just both. I think Virgil Van Dijk is man of the match. I thought he was really good during the game, and he gets two goals. And the rest of the team were functional. There was nothing outstanding after that. Yeah, I, I, I'm mm-hmm. not too worried about form. I, I genuinely am putting this down to uh, game management, which I think would have been hailed after this game if. If Allison doesn't do what he does, I think it would have been hailed as a brilliant straightforward two slash three nil win if we'd have went mm. on and got another one. And that's just more muddy the waters a little bit, lads. Um, I'm waiting for these random questions to come in, so we keep going. Um, I do have one in, and uh, it, it might be the winner. But if anyone else has any more, just shout them at us. But just looking around the rest of the league, Chris, because I know you like to speak about all clubs in the league and you watch a lot of football and stuff like that. But you know. Uh, one of the lads here said earlier we we have to be beaten four times for City to get close to us. Are we writing Leicester off too early, Grace? Because I feel we are. This is a team that's going to have one game a week from now to the end of the season. They've no European football. They may get the odd cup replay in there from the FA Cup. But mm. other than that, they've a straight run. Having said that, they probably have a good 12, 13 players. And after that, it's a little bit ropey. But are we writing them off too much? Because as much credit as we get for having 40, I think they should have massive credit for having 32. And I know City have a massive squad, but do you still see City as the biggest threat here? Without doubt. Mm, okay. Without doubt. Um, I'm not writing off Leicester, and I don't think many people are, to be honest with you. I, I think I feel they are. Really? Yeah. I think a lot of people are writing you, off Leicester? Not writing them off, but not taking them seriously. Everything's talked about is... Um, Oh, the gap is to City's 11 points, mm. and then you go, but Leicester's 8. Yeah, but Leicester's 11. Leicester. Yeah, yeah. Leicester's always the afterthought, which is obviously still, I still, Leicester are still, like Gav says, 12, 13 players. I get that, that they've got one game a week, but they are a Vardy injury away from being tooth, fairly toothless. Let's be honest, he is, he is their goal. I mean, I, yeah, Nacho, I know he scored the winner today, but he's awful. Mm-hmm. Um, we did say that a few years ago when, the, when, when they won the league, though, didn't we? Yeah, but that but but see people forget that it was the lowest total uh one of the lowest totals to ever win a league. Uh we'll probably get that in a couple of weeks. We will probably get that total in about a few weeks' time. Do you know what I mean? So it, you know, they're gonna have to go some to keep up with us. But fair play to Brendan Rogers and that team, as Gav says, considering we're fucking sitting on forty points and it's fucking Unprecedented and we're sensational and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. If they're only eight points behind us, you know th- they must be doing a lot of things right. So fair play to Brendan Rodgers who is rebuilding his career, reputation, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I wouldn't write them off. I think, <clears throat> Gav, we've discussed it like fucking mad personally, haven't we? Uh, in terms of the next four five games, not only for us but in terms for Man City and for Leicester, it will be. It really is one of the most crucial months I can remember, Gav. And especially the way the fixtures are, uh, you know, are, are panned out for this next four weeks, four or five weeks. It's crucial. We can probably have a very good idea of where we all are in about four or five weeks because Man City play Leicester, mm-hmm. uh, Man City play United, Man City play Arsenal, uh, Arsenal and Spurs. Whereas Leicester play... No, like Man City don't play sports. Yeah. They, they do too, don't they? No, they don't. Play them, they play them second game of the season. Man City have Arsenal, they have United, they've Leicester in the next four or five. Leicester yeah, have, yeah. Leicester have uh, a handy couple of games, then they do play City while we're in Qatar. That's right. Yeah. And that will... And as I said, if they beat City... And they've won the games that they expected to win, like the Watford they've got. Well, Watford will have a new manager bounce, maybe. So that oh, could listen, be tricky. Marco Silva. That ball, that ball is fucking flat, Chris. There's no, there's no bounce in that. They, they've they've yeah. tried that many bounces this season. You know, it's Watford. Sure, they're going to get Marco. Sure, they're going to get Marco Silva back. Well, we'll have to wait and yeah. see what happens to him or Everton. But, <laughs> but, but merry go round, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But I wouldn't write them off. I just think, I just think we know for a fact. That Man City and Liverpool is where it's at. That's where the race is at. If Leicester want to be involved, I'm looking at Leicester like a, like a Spurs where they're in it without being in it. If you know what I mean, you know, when one of them ones where Spurs are always in it, 
but they're not really in it. So Leicester are up there, like, because their name's up there, literally. But I, I, I can see them, like, for example, Everton should have got a result today. You know, but it was just Everton oh. being yeah. Everton. That <laughs> they, you the know, most lost. Everton thing of all time, like. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, no, I, I think, I think Leicester, I think the, the City game will be defined for them. As I've always said, with Brendan Rodgers, the big games are where it counts. And, <laughs> you know. You, you, sorry, and sorry to sidetrack you there, but I'm going to ask you this, Chris. You've mentioned Brendan Rodgers there, and there's a lot of talk this evening that Arsenal are looking at him. And 40, 14 million pound. Say it again. They've got to pay to get it. They've got to pay less than 40 million pound compensation 40, if they want four, it. 4-0? No, 1-4. Oh, 14 million pounds. That's nothing to a Premier League team that's looking to, to, to go about their business. Chris, a lot do, for a manager. Do you see anything in this, Chris? Hey. Do you see anything in this? Yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think if they, I think if they approach him and tell him we want you at the end of the season, mm-hmm. he'll go there. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. I just don't think they'll approach him. I don't think, I don't think he's very high up on their uh, list of targets. Wrongly. Who can also get who's higher is probably the question. Realistically. <laughs> well, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go into managers for obvious different clubs. I just wanted to talk Rogers because, you know, yeah. he, he went up to Celtic, he won a couple of doubles up there and, you know, he was hailed as the best thing since Louis Bread. He absolutely loved him. And then the first chance he got with Leicester, he was gone. I'm wondering, do I reuse think that if, if an Arsenal or, you know, if an Arsenal comes in or, well, it's only Arsenal really, because he's not going to consider Everton or anything like that. But if Arsenal come in, do I reuse think that, do I reuse think that he would, um, he would make that move? Yeah, I do. Without yeah. a second, without a second thought. Yeah, no worries. Okay. I think Chris, the question Chris? for, uh, the, the question for Rogers is, if, <coughs> if Arsenal come to him, I know they're not in a good space, space at the moment is, if he turns them down, what other potential, in brackets, big six club are going to come from again? He may look at as, this could be my only opportunity to go to a Tottenham and Arsenal, uh, Man United again, because I probably won't get another opportunity. Because we've seen him a few managers forward, they think they've got an opportunity and he never comes up, he'll end up being the Eddie Howe. Linked to every job, but never moves. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I just I'd be surprised if Rogers left Leicester and where they are now, um, mid-season January isn't a great time to buy players, and he's in a brilliant position with Leicester. The forder is, I suppose, the forder is what's the word for it? Reputation and standing within the game in England this season by, you know, putting a right challenge in there for Premier League title and stuff like that, or getting them in the Champions League. Then he could turn around and go right Arsenal. Or whoever else is about that's looking for a manager, you know. Now, now he could really be put in that that bracket. He may have a, he may the fourteen million people say it's a lot of money for a manager. I don't think it is. I think signing a manager for a, a certain amount of money is a lot of value in in, in signing a player. Grizz, um, looking at City, you know, I I I made the claim yes. I think City struggled to make ninety points now. Uh, am I mad? Yeah, we know you're mad. I no, but mad. In, in, in realistic terms, am I am I literally going off my trolley here? <coughs> a little bit, a little bit. Well, go on, go on, Chris. First steps at telling him he's mad. I think I think even if they match last year's results, I think they, they get to mid nineties. Well, they need to win every game now to get 101 points. So I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at it going. Could they draw? If they if if they drop 12 points, they only get they get 89 points. And if twenty four games left, if they drop twelve points between now and the end of the season, all right, yeah. they would finish on eighty nine points. Yeah, well, fourteen games in, okay, and they have now dropped. Is it thirteen points? Fifteen points? Something like that. Thirteen points. We dropped two. Yeah. They've dropped two. So they've dropped thirteen and fourteen. I'm saying they could drop twelve and twenty four. Yeah, for me, and I've said it. I said it last season as well. Who would have thought they're going to go? And go and win 16, was it games in a league, games in a row, when it counts? Yeah, sorry, sorry. Stephen says, Gab, I've got a proper bet for you. If we don't win this league, I will get a sex change. Now, there is a fucking claim. Um, so, there Who's you go. That? Uh, Stephen Mack says that, Stephen Mack. Uh, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm just going mad, Grizz, am I? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, fairly mad, because this city... I know we're sort of having a laugh and uh, at the expense, etc., and the way they're playing and the injuries, etc. 
they're fucking awesome. They still are awesome. Um, you know, they will go and buy a Koulibaly in January. They will get Laporte back. Uh, who's the, who else is missing for them? Not, no one really. There's slowly, okay, whereas Sane, Sane will be back in about, by about January, February, right? Mm. I think, if mm. I'm not mistaken. Once, once they overcome, as I said, it's this month, Gav, we need to win, and I've told you the claim I've made, I, I wrote it out in capital letters, and I don't often write in capital letters, Gav. Yeah. Because right? you can take a caps lock off. Yeah, I do not know how to do it. I got stuck. <laughs> then carried on. But, the point, the point is, and I've made a claim, I'm not gonna say it live yet. <clears throat> but Gav, I mean what I say when I say this, this month is crucial because of the situation of Arsenal City. We have Matip and Fabinho missing. Matip fairly long term. I hate to break it, but, uh, Fabinho for the, like, the, the, the amount that's been said, right? Mm. If we can, if we can maintain this 11, Point lead. I'm not even looking about extending it. If we can maintain this 11 point lead, is it over City 11 point lead over mm-hmm. City? Right. If we can maintain this 11 point lead over City before they get all their players back and full strength and we are sort of slightly under strength, Gav, we have a fan, we have the best opportunity of winning the league because I firmly believe City January onwards will go on another winning spree. I know everyone's saying, no, it's not the same City. Fair enough. They've got they've got valid reasons to say. I've got my own valid opinion and reason to say. City from January onwards will go on a 15-16 game winning spree. But we but we've got built ourselves a nice cushion. And this month we have to. We're kind of expecting them to drop another maybe two three points. And if we can win our maintain our level of winning, our tricky game is going to be. I know everyone's foregone conclusion that we've we've beaten Everton. Their shambles, silver out, etc., etc. They will make it tough for us. We're very, very hard to beat. No one beats us, as we know. But draws can be a bit of a hindrance to us. But um, I'm, I'm fairly confident, Gav. Eleven point lead come start of January. Then we're really, really talking. Okay. Uh, John O's calling you the king of obvious. Podrick says um, we should just sell Matip. David Glennon says. Um, oh, he's made something up. I don't know what he's made up. Barry Carr says. Um, oh, sorry, that's gone. Uh, his Hivzor says Leicester are in this race. Do not underestimate them. Barry Carr says uh, I reckon City drop another two points midweek. Leicester won't. Uh, Jono says uh, they can go on a run, but it's irrelevant if you're twelve points behind. Um, North Red says Werner in January is a must. City will boy. Listen, um, I asked for random questions and you let me down appallingly. Um, so Traz wins the wins the T-shirt of his choice from Footy Globe. So Traz, if you do me a favour, if you just wait for this broadcast to end, and you can either send the LFC Day Trippers a private message on Twitter because I know your Twitter handle, I think, um, or you can send us a message on. YouTube, you can do whatever you want. So, the random question to finish up. Grizz, um, I have to get it here now. Oh, yeah. Which would scare Grizz more? A camel that could fly or a crow the size of a camel? Grizz, what would scare you more? Jesus. Surely it's the second one. Why did you say that? Because you're petrified of crows. And the way someone says crow, you shiver. Yeah, 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 but the yeah. camel, the camel, he was on. He, he he once had a close look at the ozone layer when he was on a camel once. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's not, it's not, it's not a foregone conclusion, Chris, by any accounts. But I think the a crow the size of a camel would just, I'd, 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 I'd fucking die. <laughs> yeah, would you, would, I'd die. Would you have, I'd, 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 I wouldn't even go close to. I just, I think I'd die of shock horror. It's my worst nightmare. See, the, whoever said this question, Traz. You know, they don't. They don't know how the level of trauma that's going through me and will go through me now for the rest of the evening. I may have nightmares about crows the size of camels. Now this is fucking mad. You know, it is a, it is a, it is a phobia of mine. Ever since I was a child. Ever since I was surrounded by crows in a in a country of my mother's birth, but a foreign country to me because, like, you know, I'm like living, reside in the UK. Mm-hmm. And crows all around me ever since then, that noise they make as well. I don't know. I'm not going to even try to make an attempt at that noise that they make. 
Okay. So, imagine how, how loud that noise will be if it's the size of a camel, Gav. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be so much worried about the the the, the noise it would make. It would be this. It would be a crow that's like literally the size of a camel. That would worry me. It's through. evil. I think crows are evil. I'm you know, fucking, if he was singing, if, if if a camel this or a crow the size of a camel was singing lullabies at you, I think it'd still be quite scary. <laughs> Chris, I'm gonna tw- twist the question a little bit. Um, if you were okay. to put one in front of Grizz just for your own entertainment, would it be a camel that would fly, or would it be a crow the size of a camel? Uh. It'd be the crow the size of a camel, and he's only a skate route. It's one of those little tunnels that the kids go down. Yeah, in the oh, playground. Because oh, I always scared of them as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's quality. Guys, Welcome you're, making back. A, you're making a grown man here shiver. Uh, I know. Quiver. Yeah. Yeah. these thoughts, man. It's fucking mad. Yeah. A flying camel's quite fun, actually. Yeah, the, fly, the thought of a flying camel is not scary. Yeah, I think that's quite fun. I think I'd have unless it, it unless it unless it spits on you. Oh shit! Yeah. So Grizz is being chased by a crow the size of a camel in a playground that he has to go through one of those tunnels. Brilliant, Grizz. Thanks for joining me. It's been amazing as always. <laughs> Pleasure, mate. Chris, thanks a million. I'll talk to you, Jordan, thanks, at some stage. Thanks for having me, mate. Good. Listen, that's been the Fatback Four podcast. Uh, the club is back tomorrow night recording tomorrow night and release tomorrow night for you i'll be back on tuesday from 10 p.m with the fatback four daily enjoy the rest of what left of your weekend and we'll talk to you soon over now turn off your laptop we're on staycation i'm on totalwine.com they have so many rosés chardonnays and proseccos it feels like a real vacation wondrous selection helpful guides ridiculously low prices total wine and more 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.